Hello, welcome to Coffee and Conversation for Wellbeing. I'm your host, Geraldine St. Joseph, and today's discussion is about love languages. Oftentimes people believe that the love languages are things that you need to know and that you would use only in love relationships, such as romantic relationships. But the truth of the matter is that it works in all relationships. And yes, your love language can be different in a work setting than it is in a romantic setting or a familial setting. It could be different also. But generally, we will have a priority or one type of love language that really speaks to us, that makes us feel appreciated and seen. So we're going to be going through these today and then after I'm done going through them, we're going to discuss what we think our love languages are and answer any questions and go deeper. The term love language is something that actually is fairly recent. It just was coined in, I believe it was 92, by uh, Gary Chapman. And Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Love Languages. Since then, there have been 11 books written that break it down in different ways. So he talks about love languages for kids. He talks about love languages at work, for singles, for men versus women, so on and so forth. We're going to talk about the basics because the basics are where it's at. And then we can expound out from there because, of course, these are very broad, overreaching terms. And when we talk about everyday life, we're talking about things that we want to be able to insert in our everyday life so that we can have better relationships with the people around us. So there are five broad categories and I have them up here. The first is words of affirmation. For people who crave words of affirmation, this is more important for them than anything else. So it's more important for them that you say how you feel and that you say you're thinking about something or you're thinking about them than it is to actually do it at times. So they're all about you enunciating and telling them and verbalizing. Why do you appreciate that? Why do you love me? You need to be able to back up whatever compliments you're giving them with some facts or examples so that they know that you're not just, you know, blowing smoke, so to speak. So what do we do for people who words of affirmation is their, their core, their primary? Obviously, you say it. You tell them what you think. You compliment them. You acknowledge them. And you always back it up with why. Oh, you look so beautiful this evening in that red dress. Oh, that hairdo just does it for you. You look so handsome. Things like that. What not to do with this type of a partner or a person, you don't call them names, you don't insult, and you do not verbally attack because they will take that and it cuts them so deeply that they never let it go. These are the kind of people who if you're in a rage and you call them a bad word one time, they will bring it up years later and say, but you called me this. And it's like, but we've been married 10 years now. That happened 10 years ago. It doesn't matter because it sticks with them. They don't know how to let that go. The second is acts of service. 
acts of service is being helpful, um, doing things to help alleviate stress. One of the things uh, that I really love was when I was dating a person who was a mechanic, he would just take my car and go get the oil changed and got the tires done and just made sure the car was always up to snuff. I love that. Now, some of my girlfriends were like, he never gives you rings, you never get a car, da da da. To me, him making sure I was safe on the road meant way, way more than anything else he could have done. And he figured that out fairly quickly. So for someone who acts of service as a primary, being helpful is huge. And the biggie, do it without asking. You should not need to be asked. If you see there are dishes in the sink, do the dishes. If you see that something needs to be done, just get it done. And that way they know that you are there to support them and to help them as they need to be helped. What are the things you shouldn't do with that type of person? Don't drop the ball. Don't say you'll do it and then just not do it. Or say you're gonna do it tonight and a week later it still needs to be done. Don't break promises and don't need to be asked every single time, especially when you're in a situation where you're around each other a lot, maybe your work partners, and you see that your partner is getting overwhelmed and you can take on some of that, take it on. And that will help with your rapport in the office. Number three is receiving gifts. Now this one gets a bad rap because some people think receiving gifts means it's, it's gotta be about money, but it doesn't. It could be any kind of a gift. It could be receiving uh, a nice, handwritten note. It could be uh, given something from the dollar store that's just like really a cute little chotsky. The basic idea behind gifts, and yes, yeah, some people with receiving gifts, it's got to be a certain price tag. But in general, the idea behind this is that you have paid attention to what they like and you know who they are. And by paying attention and knowing who they are, you saw something that reminded you of them, and so you just picked it up, or you created it, or you, you gave it to them, you know, you, you did something else. Um, something that used to be big back in the day, and I see most of us are older, mixtapes, when, you know, the person that we really cared about found all the songs that they, that they knew we liked on the radio, and they recorded them all and made us a mixtape. That was a big deal because it took a lot of effort, it took a lot of time and a lot of attention. So what do you do with people receiving gifts is their primary. Come bearing gifts, obviously. Be thoughtful and specific though. So just to show up with flowers in the beginning that might be good, but if she keeps telling you that she likes daisies and you keep bringing roses, she's gonna know that you're not really listening and it's not gonna have the same impact. You wanna show them that you know them and that you've paid attention when they're speaking to you. Don't be generic. So don't think, oh, well, it, you know, it's my boss, they must like to golf, even though he talks about fishing all the time. Things like that are gonna get you uh, put in a bad light because even though you're giving a gift it's not a thoughtful gift 
and it's about giving thoughtful gifts. This is the way that you're showing the person that you know them, that you're listening, that you're paying attention. Number four, one of my favorites, quality time. Now, quality time means you actually spend time together, focusing on something together. So quality time is not sitting watching television while one of you's on your phone or both of you are on your phone, unless you're playing each other on your phone. It's about being there present with one another. So if you're watching a program or a movie, it's about the discussion that comes with it. It's about noticing the details. It's about spending time together and both of you being actively aware and there. Yes. So you want to put away the, the, the distractions. You want to listen and you want to respond and have real conversation so that you get to know each other better. Quality time is more about really deep diving into who you are and who they are and allowing that to develop. Through quality time, we build really strong relationships. So put away the distractions. That's what you do. You put away the distractions. What don't you do? You don't give one word answers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you want. Answer. They're looking for an answer. They, they should not have to. If they have to pull the conversation out of you very painfully every time, that is not going to work. And it can be very annoying, even especially in a workplace where you're being asked for your opinion or your expertise and you're just like, uh-huh, uh, whatever you want to do and leaving it to everybody else to do the, the mental lifting. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to play on your phone. You don't want to be distracted. Although a lot of us believe in this time period that we can be on our phone and listening and actually paying attention. You're really not. And it's really very, it can be very hurtful in a relationship because it creates a wall between you and the person that you're supposedly there with. You want to make sure that you are actually giving each other the time and the space that you each deserve. Now, if you're trying to get rid of the person, then by all means, sit on your phone the whole time that you are talking, that they're talking to you and they won't get the hint very much so, especially if they're a quality time person. So then the last is physical touch. So in today's society with COVID and everything, physical touch has become a little bit more difficult. Physical touch does not necessarily mean um, romantic touch. I know from working with crowds and, and working in the movie theaters and with very large audiences as well as very large um, groups of kids that worked for me that when you're talking to, to someone, putting your hand on their shoulder or touching the side of their arm oftentimes can make the difference between somebody like just totally losing it on you or somebody calming right down because they feel that connection. 
So physical touch doesn't necessarily mean it has to be romantic or anything sexual. So what do you do with people who crave physical touch or who physical touch is like their, their top priority? You acknowledge each other with a touch. So now in the time of COVID where you can't do that, you know, we do the elbow thing. Um, you could do the air high five. You know, you're letting them know that if you could touch them, you would touch them. You know, that if, if that's okay with them, then, then that's where things would go. Once things return back to normal a little bit more, then we can go back to shaking hands. We can go back to like patting somebody on the arm and doing those types of, of actions that help us feel more connected as people. What not to do with someone who craves physical touch. You do not avoid touching them. You don't avoid brushing past. You don't act repulsed. So the worst thing you could do to someone who craves that is when they go to give you the elbow, you're like, you know, or you just totally like back up and walk away. Um, that will immediately like shatter any kind of rapport that you have. So you don't want to do that. How do we know when we're dealing with someone in the everyday, which one of these five are, is their primary? Sometimes it's easy to discern. Oftentimes it's not so easy to, dis to discern until you really spend time with someone. So your best course of action is to utilize all of these. Now, right now, the physical touch, you could pretty much leave on the side since none of us are physically touching right now. But you could always give words of affirmation. So if you were in a work situation and you're finding that the other employees are becoming hostile or something is, seems off, letting the people around you know that you appreciate what they're doing and you can give examples of this that is an excellent way to use words of affirmation. Words of affirmation works on some level. All of these will work on some level with people. So words of affirmation is probably the easiest one to do. So why not, right? If somebody is doing something right, notice when they're doing something right. Compliment them. Let them know that you noticed. Let them know that you appreciate it. If it is simply that their hair is the most amazing shade of blue, notice it, compliment them, let them know. And that doesn't have to be like, I know I can feel people being like, oh, well, they might take it the wrong way. A lot of it is in the delivery, but saying a simple compliment or a simple acknowledgement, especially if someone's doing a good job generally will not be mistaken for something that it's not. So just be confident in yourself and be confident in what you're saying. Don't have any creepiness underneath it. The second is acts of service. Acts of service is easy, especially at work. You see your coworker, you know, wrestling with a bunch of files or something. And if you can get up and offer your assistance, and just grab some of the files and follow them to where they needed to go, easy peasy. Oftentimes with acts of service, when it comes to the workplace, 
there's a balance there. So you ask if they need any assistance, you try to help, but make sure that you're not consistently doing their job for them because that is something that people tend to overdo at times. So just be aware of that. Number three, receiving gifts. Again, it's a fairly simple one. It doesn't have to be a big gift. My mom loves chocolate. So every time we go to the house, I bring like hot chocolate or I'll have a candy bar or something like that. Because I know she likes a particular kind of chocolate, I try to have it on my person. Simple things like that. It doesn't have to be anything major. And receiving gifts, it doesn't have to be all the time. But if just every once in a while you've noticed something that you can then present to show that you noticed, then that will build rapport between you. Quality time at work and at home, quality, quality time is simple. Pay attention, be present, be in the room, interact. Very simple. And then of course, then we come back to physical touch. So identifying the love languages and having an idea what to look for and what to do with it, <coughs> excuse me, what to do with it once you figure it out, gives you a broader perspective of who you're dealing with, whether it be friends, family, lovers, or workers, coworkers. It's something that if you notice it, that makes you more of a people person. It will allow you to see more deeply into what motivates people. And if you're in a position where you're either working with a group or you're ahead of a group, then it will help you to motivate your coworkers and motivate those that work for you so that they feel appreciated. And when people feel appreciated, they're a lot more loyal and they are much more apt to help you out and go the extra mile when it comes down to it without you even having to ask because you are showing them the time and respect that they deserve. They will do the same for you. Okay, so those are the love languages and that ends this portion so that we can begin our Q&A. Mahalo. Thank you so much for joining us today for Coffee and Conversation. Again, this is your host, Geraldine St. Joseph. Enjoy and blessings. Thank you.